Oh, so you like listening to podcasts, huh? Well, so do a lot of people. As a matter of fact, millions of listeners are tuning into podcasts every week, and your next customer could be one of them. Did you know that podcast advertising is one of the most effective ways to advertise your product or service? And it's really easy to get started. Just go to podbean.com slash brands. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands to start boosting your business with podcast advertising today. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request, though, before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 373, an update episode. Yes, it is an update episode. We love our update episodes because this is where we get a chance to kind of share what's going on in our life, what's happening in the reselling world. Uh, what we're doing, what's happening, like uh, news with eBay, with Amazon, with UPS, USB, all the things that matter to us. And we are right in the thick of Q4. It's the holiday season. We just had our Thanksgiving um, episode. We all had Thanksgiving. Hopefully you had some good uh, turkey or whatever you had. I made brisket for the first time. So I did the Texas thing, right? Like I'm here in Texas now. I smoked a brisket. Uh, for Thanksgiving. So man, it was, uh, it, we're in that season, right? It's the holiday time. And as a reseller, like this, this is the time, right? Like this is the chance, uh, the time of the year where so much of our money comes in and you can kind of gauge the year based off of Q4. You might have a rough, you know, first part of the year. Um, and, and Q4 might reflect that it might be a lower Q4 than, the, than, than previous Q4s, but the amount of money you're going to have coming in at this time of year, it's, chances are significantly higher than any other Hopefully. time of the year. So this is, this is Hopefully. good, man. This is, this is the, uh, you're so pumped. It, man. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic, right? Because I do like, sales have, have gone up, uh, by the way, our Monday mini. So you guys were like, Hey, what happened to Mike Orlando? Uh, we just got busy with life. And so we're enjoying our time of uh, Thanksgiving with our family. So that is dropping, on the Monday that's coming up. And, you know, if you're wondering, like, how do I make sure that my item arrives safely for Q4? Well, ship ship tips part two uh, will be dropping on Monday. So, uh, all right. So how are things going? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Like I said, we're, we, we're into the holidays. I've got my Christmas lights up. I've got my Christmas tree up. Got some Christmas gifts around the Christmas tree. Um, and I think that might be an indication. I could be wrong because it's, it's difficult because oftentimes we try to interpret the world based off of our own experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, I mentioned a few episodes ago and a lot of our listeners were actually excited that I mentioned uh, handmade goods and how handmade good that market is going up. But again, I feel like I'm kind of in that world a little bit more now than I used to be. So I see that stuff more. So it could not, it could be that it's no different than it's ever been, but because I'm seeing it a little bit more. Um, and I think it's the same thing with, um, the gifts under my Christmas tree. I feel like, and I could be wrong. Maybe this is just my own experience, but my gut feeling is that people have done a lot more of their shopping earlier this year, Hmm. partially because we've been saying that though. Yeah. Companies have known that they've got to get these numbers. And so normally it used to be like black Friday, and then it was like like Black Friday sales before Black Friday. 
And now it's like Black Friday isn't even almost yep. a thing anymore. It's almost like Black Friday is the month leading up to Black Friday. And then Black Friday <laughs> is a little bit different. But then there's Cyber Monday. And then there's like still like holiday Black Friday sales that go on for weeks after. I'm still getting emails like we're, we're already like a week past almost Black Friday. And I'm still getting like, you know, last chance for this Black Friday sale. And so I think people are experiencing buying fatigue in, in some ways, um, which that might not be a good thing for us. I think that if it is true, I know I started really optimistic, but if <laughs> it is know. true, where are you going if, here? I don't know. I'm, not, I'm all over the place. But if it's true that people have done a lot of, of buying, which again, might be why I'm optimistic right now is because I've gotten a lot more sales than I typically get when I'm as inactive as I currently am. Like I'm not as active as I typically am. Uh, this is just the first year in a new place. I've got you know, sick kids. I've got a new job, all the things I'm trying to work through. So I'm, I'm still active on eBay and, and local deals and some sourcing, just not quite what I've been in previous Q4s, but, but the sales are coming in. What my potential worry is, is it could be people buying early. People might have bought all their Christmas stuff early into November, maybe even late into October because so many sales start. And there's something, there's some psychology about when people start spending money, they're more likely to spend money, hmm. right? So if you're on vacation, they, places on vacation can charge more because because people have already started spending money. You, you've already spent $120 to get into Disneyland. So, you know, who cares if the water is $5 and, you know, this bag of popcorn is 7 and, well, you know, you're at Disneyland. So this t-shirt, like, it's okay if I spend $25 for a t-shirt. Like, people start spending more for things than they would normally spend because they're already spending. It's kind of like, yeah, why not? Um, but then eventually it, it gets to the point where it's just that drop off of like, okay, I can't spend anymore. I'm spent mm. out. And so we could potentially, if that, if what I'm seeing is true in my own experience, um, people might be reaching a, um, a buying fatigue in the next few weeks. The sales aren't going to be as enticing because it's like, yeah, I've been seeing sales nonstop. I've already bought a ton, ton of stuff. The economy isn't doing as well. I've got to be careful with my money anyways. So I'm interested to see. Um, my prediction is the Q4 bump probably happened a little bit earlier than it normally does. And will die out a little earlier than it normally does, but th that's just my prediction. I could be totally wrong. Uh, is that what you're seeing too, Orlando? Well, that's what we've been talking about. I would say for the last few months. I mean, all the data has said that Americans are going to run out of their money uh, by October, that they're going to run out of their savings by January. You know, all, it's been a lot of doom and gloom. I, at the same time, there's also been discussion that as a result of that, people are going to buy earlier. And retailers, uh, even like Walmart has lately said that they are putting all their big sales earlier because they think people are now going to buy because of, you know, not knowing what's up ahead, not, you know, not knowing what to do with 2024. And so I think there's truth to that. I, I do recognize, though, on, on the other side is maybe that's more in the new items, maybe the the retail space, uh, where the secondary market, I, I'm kind of, I'm getting a sense that I, I do think there's going to be an uptick. Uh, I, I, again, I know I'm sounding super optimistic, but, you know, everything we read about, you know, the 2008 recession, all that, I, I don't think a lot of it is that relevant. I've already come to that conclusion um, because we all were saying, I mean, I was looking at old episodes we were talking about that we were in a recession like two years ago. 
How crazy is that? Right. And then the, you know, the government said, well, that's not really a recession. And now we're at a place where it's from all understanding, we're not going to be in a, in a recession, according to all the, the quote unquote experts out there. So I'm not sure. What I know is on my end, um, sales are up. Uh, they're actually more up than I anticipated. I thought things were going to be really, really bad. Um, I was already planning on maybe taking money out of my retirement, which sounds crazy. Um, just that that's where we were because I, I think six months ahead and I don't want to be caught six months from now going, Oh no, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? And if I'm saying something like that, that's, that's pretty serious, right? I'm not talking about my savings. I'm talking about, you know, Hey, I've, I've exhausted a lot of other things. Now I do have other expenses in my normal life to have come up. Uh, you know, my oldest son now, we're trying to get him a second car or we're trying to get him a car, which adds another car to our family. You know, insurance is going to go up, you know, call it. There's a lot of other expenses too that have led to some of these factors, but slow sales, you know, the, the, what people don't realize what, what I don't see on people on YouTube talking about is that if you had slow sales in April and May and June and July, and you weren't able to, you know, pay certain bills or you weren't able to continue funding that capital, like you're behind. So every month that you're behind, you're getting even more behind. So it's not like, oh man, I had a slow month of sales. Now you're like, I had a slow six months of sales. And that could be pretty devastating for a lot of people. But on the other side, <laughs> uh, sales have come up. What I've noticed though, is like what I've said before is a lot of my sales are the 20 to $30 sales. Um, I do get home run sales here every once in a while. Uh, you know, $400 sale here, $500 sale here, which is great. They really do help on those slow days. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been good. I, I've been happy about it. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten a garage sales. Like, were you asking me? Were you done? Did I cut you off? Like, no, you just asked me about the economy. Okay. You're all good. Uh, I haven't gotten a garage sales in two weeks. Uh, it's been pretty slim pickings. And I am grateful that I sourced a lot this summer. Because I think I could go all the Q4 without ever sourcing again, and I'm fine. Um, and that's if I went top notch and started listing uh, 20 to 30 items every single day consistently, I'd still, I think, would be good. That's how many items I think I have. And, and the reason being is that, you know, some of these things I picked up, I picked up like 100 art books. And then I picked up a huge lot of Legos. And within those Legos, there was like 30 to 40 minifigures, which I'll talk about later that, you know, each of them could sell for 30 to 40 a piece. So, so things begin, you know, adding up and I didn't realize everything I had picked up. Now I am looking forward to some of the items that I did pick up, uh, that are home runs. I I'm hoping that they sell. I'm hoping that they sell well, if there's ever a time for them to sell is now, but, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's been, it's been kind of nice to, to go into, my my death piles from the summer and the fall and go, wow, I'm so glad I picked this up. And I've had a lot of situations like that. You know, I just just randomness, you know, um, just, you know, some books that I picked up are worth 50 to 100 a piece. I didn't know they were worth that much, you know, and that's one of the things I encourage people. I've heard a uh, Commonwealth picker. He talks about he, he only sources like 45 days out of the year. I'm like, I remember hearing him say that. And I've also heard people on the other side say, man, doing the garage sale hustle, it's a grind if you're doing that full time. And I find that now I'm in a sweet spot where 
I have the ability to source all I've talked about this. I could source 24 hours a day if I had endless capital, but the reality is I only source maybe twice a week now and I'm good. I don't go to the bins. I don't go to thrift stores. I haven't been to a thrift store in over six months and I have a plenitude of, of items that I have sourced from local deals or garage sales. So, but I want to, I do want to shift gears a little bit. It was, it was kind of interesting. I was invited on a, well, you were invited too, but you're, you're, it was during school hours to an eBay seller panel. And it was pretty interesting on uh, in the seller panel. Uh, the question they asked, I didn't sign an NDA. So I, I'm, you know, and I wouldn't, I don't think I would sign one unless they paid me. <laughs> uh, and so I'm free, free to talk about whatever, but you know, eBay for all the, all the grief we give eBay and much of it deserved, uh, they do care about what sellers think. Uh, it's, you know, I've never had Amazon reach out to me or any other platform. Uh, and the reality is only 20% of items sold on eBay are secondary goods. Everything is new. So they really don't need to talk to us. And, uh, and when they met, they were talking about, you know, how could we improve uh, the app when you're out in the field sourcing? I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, so there's a lot of ideas I shared. Uh, one one interesting conversation was how could we get you guys to uh, trust us when we give you the data? <laughs> and, you know, I, I can't hold back, but I'd say, you know, if you guys resolved unpaid items, like I would trust you overall. And I was like, why did I say this? But just got to keep it real. So that that's one thing that's been frustrating this Q4 is I've had, I had a Andy Warhol book that just sold for three fifty, non-payer. Wow. Wow. I had another, I had a vintage, like a creepy doll that sold for 150 unpaid buyer. Like I, I get all these big ticket items and I was, and again, some people would make the argument, well, maybe it's, it's better that way that they didn't pay. So then you didn't have to deal with the return. Okay. I see that part. But the other part is, you know, these were international buyers too. And they can't return it, right? According to eBay's new international shipping, unless there's something drastically wrong, like once it arrives, it arrives. And so it's really tough when, you know, you get this high dollar item, you're like, all right, sweet. And you start planning out, okay, when the money comes in, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this to capital. I'm going to put this to this. And then it doesn't happen. So I brought that up. Uh, but, I, you know, one thing we've talked about uh, a lot lately, and and it's been the YouTube space is the idea of sell through rate. And I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Mike. I had suggested, what if when you look up comps, you're not just looking up like comps and you're having to, like scroll th scroll through everything. What if instead it gives you the sell through rate on the item right away? It gives you, you know, the shipping. Like, do people do free shipping? Do they not do free shipping? It gives you some kind of thing of like how long an item takes to sell, right? Is this something that, you know, sells in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Um, it'd be beautiful if something like Amazon's ranking system, but I think that's proprietary information. Yeah. Um, I would say, in my opinion, um, I know you're kind of adding more. Yeah, more yeah. there's a lot. There. So I'm but, glad you stopped me. But um, in my opinion, I think that's, it's kind of what makes the data point of what we're doing or the trying to figure out price points and all of that. It, it's what makes it the art. I don't think you could actually, hmm. I mean, you could potentially come up with a system, but the problem is everybody's system is going to be different. Like if you've been into the stock market or you've been into, you know, Forex trading or anything like that, everybody's got their own system. When you see this, then you have this and everybody has the same data set to work with. 
but everybody's doing different things with it. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, an item. If I were to look up, you know, a certain type of mug and I were to see, you know, on Terapeak or on eBay, the, the similar solds of this mug and maybe some have different, different features to it. Some do free shipping, but the ones that have free, there's so many data points that I'm looking at that like maybe you could come up with like a basic system and say like, okay, like this is an, an A-rated item. These items typically sell at this. But that doesn't mean like you might have a version of it that's like a better selling version or you might have a version that there's there's so many factors, I think, that because we're not dealing with brand new sealed items the way Amazon, Amazon system works a little bit easier because, you know, a, 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 a 10 pack of box of Kleenex is going to be a 10 pack box of Kleenex yeah, no matter true. what, no matter what, you know, where you're getting it from. Whereas the collectibles that we have are, are very different. Like I could have a collectible vintage toy. You could have the same vintage toy and John over in, you know, whatever Canada could have the same vintage toy, but all of them could be slightly different from a different model of the, you know, a different print, a different condition. And so it's really difficult to, I, I think, to come up with an exact, all of that information and say, well, this is the ranking on this item. You can maybe get close and, and, and maybe have like a specific, filter set in but it, it for, for it might work for some people it might be a good baseline but then again somebody else could say yeah but what i really care about is this aspect and i weigh this a little bit heavier than i i weigh shipping more heavily than i weigh condition or i weigh this more so every it, it's kind of an art and i think that's what makes what we do and what separates good resellers from the not so good resellers is can they figure that out you know are you just going with the flow are you hoping that there's going to be a plug and play or are you willing to really look at your item and say, okay, these sell at this, but I just have that intuition that my condition is better and that the market, there hasn't been many on recently. And so, yeah, maybe the sell-through rate over the last six months has been this, but I kind of think the market is shifting because of these signals that I'm seeing. And so I, I think good resellers are going to know what to do with that data. And the longer they're doing it, the more experience they get, they're going to know what to do with the data even better. But I don't think a, a system is going to be, I mean, it might look nice to just say like, here is what you want, but it's like there's so many factors. I don't know. I'm kind of glad that we get to play with it ourselves. See, I, I'm the opposite. I, I'd rather have something that expedites my time, right? So like I look and and I don't have to comb through and go, oh, this is this person got it for this dollar amount because they charge free shipping, or this person got it for this dollar amount uh, because you know it, it was new or it wasn't new. Like it would just be nice to just have that data set right there. I, I think about uh, one point of data that. I would I would appreciate is, you know, what has been the trending price on this item, right? Because you source something, you're like, oh wow, like this this item, I pick it up for five, it sells for 40. And you're like, wow, that's great. But if what if it gave you a chart of how the price was the last 90 days and you're at the like lowest point right now, which means that it's probably gonna dip even more, right? If there's more supply that's entered into the eBay, you know, economy. So I just think it'd be nice to be on the field. I, I do appreciate eBay thinking about that. You know, I brought up the idea of that best offer. Uh, we need to be able to see best offer. Like if we want to make decisions on the spot, we need to be able to see what people actually paid for it. Right. Cause they, they took away uh, that, that, you know, that ability, you couldn't even do it on eBay. You had to go through a third party. And so, so no, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I think there still will always be, you know, that experience will, will be King. And and having that intuition will still be king over certain things. But I, I just think it, it'd be nice to make fast decisions to be more profitable, to not buy a lot more junk. The one thing I really enjoyed, too, uh, they were asking, you know, what would get you 
to pivot in what you sell? And I was like, that's an interesting question. So I'm reading into it. I'm like, okay, is is eBay, it, to me, it seemed like eBay was really trying to help people because I find that a lot of resellers, and I'm guilty of this, when they start reselling, they source what they, what they know, and then they learn some things and they kind of stick to what they learned. Right. So give the easy example is the Tommy Bahama shirts, right? Back in 2016, 2015, whatever, Tommy Bahama was what everybody was picking up and selling and they're selling for good money. And I, I truly believe there are still people to this day that look for Tommy Bahama and pick it up. Right. But what if eBay had a thing where like, let's say I didn't know much about, um, I don't know, vehicle, like car, um, car panels, right? Not car panel. Let, let's do something easy. Cameras. Let's say I didn't know anything about cameras. Right. And I'm at an estate sale and there's these camera lenses, right? My go-to would be, I'm going to call Mike and ask him what his thoughts are on these camera lenses, or I'm going to text him. But what if they had some kind of link or they had uh, the ability that you could just click on something you could learn about what are the top cameras, what to look for in lenses, like a quick tutorial right away. Maybe not always on the field, but instead of having a Google, because everything's Google, right? Right. Every, every information you get is Google. But what if eBay could help you out learn about different fields and that would get me to pivot that I would feel more comfortable because right now I won't pick up certain things just because I don't have the time to research it. So anyways, I just appreciated eBay being willing to uh, think about sellers and, and think about how, you know, how could they make things more efficient? Because uh, I do think I know right now that the talk is eBay doesn't care about us. Promoted listings is the end of eBay. And, and I understand all that. I do. I trust us. Just listen to all our past episodes. But I do think uh, eBay does recognize uh, that there's a base that they need to maintain and they're, they're looking to, to help that base and, and, you know, improve what they have for sellers. So that is uh, what I was my meeting with eBay. Nice. So, so like, hey, before we move on, I want to share something exciting. So it is still Black Friday for my reseller genie. Black Ooh, Friday. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Right. Black Friday may have ended the day after Thanksgiving. But they have an ongoing promotion, 50% off the first month. If you're new to My Reseller Genie, uh, you can use the link below. If you're wondering what My Reseller Genie is and you're listening for the first time, it's a bookkeeping software. If you're a reseller, one of the worst parts of reselling is bookkeeping. Sometimes people recommend Excel sheets. Sometimes people you know, talk about you should get those cash receipts and go to garage sales. The beauty of My Reseller Genie is, number one, it imports all your info from eBay. So if you got to do taxes... It breaks down the shipping, it breaks down the fees, breaks down that information. So you just have to turn that over to your tax person. Also allows you to look at your numbers, your profit and loss. It allows you to take a look at, you know, how much you paid for inventory at some point, how much you're making now, and so on. So right now, the deal with my reseller genie is 50% off the first month if you use our code PureHustle50. Uh, and that is good until 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 7th. So why, if you're listening to this, you're like, oh no, Black Friday passed. It's okay. The deal is still on. Go to our link, user code PRSO50, and you'll get 50% off the first month. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice 
to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. All right, you got some random stories here? Um, Yeah, a couple, I guess, quick ones. I I mentioned, I think, as a bolo, gosh, had to have been months ago now, um, Pottery Barn plates or bowls okay. or you know whatever dishes uh and and really any any china or any dish could be valuable you know if it's the right brand uh, i mentioned pottery barn because it's one of those uh accessible a lot of people can get it but it's still high quality and expensive uh, so it's not so rare that you're never going to see it you're going to see some pottery barn but it's it's still pricey enough and and what i've noticed is People break a plate, people break a bowl, they want one to replace it, and they're constantly changing uh, their stuff. My wife had a set of Pottery Barn dishes that we got for uh, our wedding, and over the years, you know, now we have several kids, and just, you know, we're going on 13 years of marriage, uh, a couple of the plates have broken, and we didn't have, I mean, we had still, I don't know, eight Wait, Did you just like say that. you went through 13 years of marriage and some plates have broken? People can jump yeah. to conclusions. Oh like, gosh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, no, no, no. The point. <laughs> my wife and I have never thrown plates at each other. I promise. All right, all right. Just <laughs> wanted to thank clarify you for, that. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, that could thank have you. been bad. Um, the plates have been broken because years have passed. Right, like we've used plates. They've fallen in when we're washing dishes and stuff. So, um, you know, mostly I think kids. I think I broke one. One of my kids broke another one. So we had Oof. ten plates. Two of them broke. Now we have. Uh, now we have eight. And we do a lot of hosting. We have people over to our house and it was just kind of like, man, we have 10 bowls, we have 10 of everything else, but we don't have the plates. So my wife found new plates she wanted. We bought new plates. My 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 mom gave uh, some money to my wife. So we got a new plate set. And it's like, what are we going to do with these ones? The reason we didn't buy the two other plates, and I tried on eBay, they were expensive to try and find yeah, yeah. The, the versions we had. Um, well, again, slow sellers though, if we're trying to like get those top dollars. So we potentially like, I mean, there was only a couple of people that had them listed and they've got them listed for like $45 for one plate. And then I'd have to wait for the next plate and who knows what I'm going to pay for that. So it wasn't worth it to me, uh, to, to buy it at that price, to, like hope to maybe get the 10th, but maybe spend over a hundred dollars just to get two plates. So we decided just to throw them up on eBay. Well, they sold the other day, which was really cool. Oh, we ended up making, um, a like 250 some dollars off wow. of these plates, uh, which was really nice. They also, we listed them individually, but we listed them. Uh, you could buy multiples and you got a discount for each one you sold. Now where it got a little sketch was the packing. So we had two boxes, um, one that the plates went in and one that I floated and it was, I have you ever been Orlando where you're like 98% sure this item is going to make it? Mm-hmm, but you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a like I I really I've never I mean I can't say I've never I've been pretty stressed with some pack jobs, but I was really stressed because it's been a long time since I've shipped, you know, almost three hundred dollars worth of dishes. Like I've done yeah. that before. I've sold some like spode Christmas plates and stuff. But man, it you you got two options. Option one is you individually wrap every single plate and flow all of that, and you've got a giant box, or you kind of stack them together. What I did is I kind of 
like put a plate, rolled a couple, bubble wrap, put another plate, rolled a couple, kind of did that. So I had like a stack of them kind of really tight because the tighter they yeah. are, the less they're going to move. Put that in a box with like wrapped with bubble and then some bubble around that. But it's still, it's one of those things. So I floated it. I think it was going to make it. And it got delivered yesterday. And so far, no complaints, right? We haven't Oof. got the uh, A++ seller yet. Uh, but we haven't. I, I I was like, man, okay, maybe it was 90%. I was sure. At one point, my wife was like, you think it, you're good on the packing? I'm like, okay, 70%. I was more than 70. But you know when you got that little bit of a doubt? So, uh, man, it was... It's just a reminder of why I don't like to do tons of breakables like that. Because if you've got the right size boxes and you already have all of the stuff, it's no big deal. But uh, I was kind of patching together some stuff and you don't always want to Frankenstein your most expensive things. Uh, so there was there was that. That was kind of a fun sell. Um, and then I was able to turn around since that was my it was our uh, a wedding present. Those plates in the first place. It wasn't really eBay money or business money. Uh, I took that money and I, I bought us a nice nice new espresso machine my wife wanted. So that was kind of just a fun way. Again, one of those things that reselling does. Typically people, they upgrade, they get new plates, they get new whatever, they get towels, dishes, and they don't know what to do with the old ones. Maybe they give them to somebody. Maybe they try and sell them at a garage sale. Maybe they donate them. But if you know how to resell, like I was able to turn that into money and then buy something else for us. So it was a win-win on that. Uh, and the other thing I want to quickly mention um, as everybody knows, if they listen to Peer Hustle Podcast, I'm really big on discipline. Um, I think discipline discipline beats motivation every day of the week. Discipline beats... I mean, I was just talking to someone the other day and they're like, yeah, you know, I know I should do this, but I don't really feel like it. And I was like, who cares what you feel like? Like, just just get some discipline and do it anyways. And they're like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, but the the reality is motivation is a good tool. I feel like it's it's a useful tool. Uh, to get you through like there's times when discipline is harder like no matter what you're going to do it if you're disciplined uh, but certain things you know every once in a while I go through phases where I, I it's a book that really motivates me and, and that gives me just that little boost that I need to kind of keep going sometimes it's a dumb Instagram you know a real section that I get into for a while where it's like you know the David Goggins style like carry the boats you can do it nobody cares you got to save yourself stuff every once in a while like that's a beneficial tool Orlando, you would never guess what has actually been recently the most powerful motivation like candy for me. You can guess I, if you want. I'm not going to make you though. I, I don't. I don't even okay. want to try. Okay. Believe it or not, this sounds weird. Little House on the Prairie. I, I could Dude, see that though. I could see I that. Started, I started, I was looking for a show to watch with my son. I was like, I want like a family friendly show that I could just put on. And I know it's like weird to think, okay, Little House on the Prairie, my son. But I was like, it's a family friendly show. I remember kind of watching it as a kid. So we started watching it. And man, I've been watching it for, it's been like a little over a month now. Every couple of days we'll watch an episode here and there. That family and that man, that, that husband of that, that, the father, you know, he was like, that was a man, right? Like he was building house with his bare hands he was dealing with disaster, storms, fires, never gave up, kept going. And I'm watching this, like what he's doing for his family. And like, it's so weird to think that little house on the prairie, like there's times when I'm like, do I really want to go out and like list this item? Do I really? And I'm thinking, man, he's out trying to trying to save the crops in a hailstorm. He's his house burned down. He had to start over. Like, of course, I'm going to go out in the garage and list this item, right? I'm doing this for my family. 
you know? So like it's it's yeah. crazy that that sometimes that kind of stuff helps. So anyways, it's a random story because you can get motivation from anything and it is very useful. But I recommend if you haven't watched Little House on the Prairie in a long time, uh, our listeners to go check it out because when you see what people have had to do in order to be successful in the past, the kind of work that people put in just to make it, uh, it, it definitely gives you a different perspective on uh, our struggles. And, um, you know, man, I, I'm going to miss watching this show if I go out and do this work. It's like, who cares? Work. Get it done. No, there's something to be said about that. And, you know, I, it's funny because I, I feel like the older they get, the more I try to live out of the city, like outside of the city. Right. And, and you've been into the homesteading stuff and I don't want to go too much into it, but there's something to be said about it, you know, like building with your own hands. I mean, this is why I love eBay too, because it's something and we're not building with our own hands, but in a sense we are right. We're going out there, we're sourcing, we're finding items, we're learning and we're providing. And so, so I understand that motivation. So I, I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, I, I, I see, I see where you're coming from. All right. So mine isn't as, <laughs> I, I, as light as yours. As weird as that. No, I don't think it was weird. I, I get it. Like, I, I understand. Um, because at the same time, too, like, you know, we we sell on eBay, but it's not really independent. Right. We we do. I mean, the algorithm is our is our master. Right. We we have to we have to, you know, keep listening. We have to keep shipping out on time. Like we, we still clock into eBay, you know, so homesteading is a little, little more. But eb gives you a lot more freedom than a nine to five would so all right so hey i just want to share this with you guys um two things one is procter and gamble ben and jerry supply and demand these are pairs that changed the game but when it comes to business growth it's you and shopify from that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. USPS, I don't know for whatever reason, but lately they've been showing tracking that an item's arrived and I get messages from buyers saying, hey, I checked my items out here, but tracking says it does. 
And my message as of late has been, hey, give it another day. Sometimes USPS, you know, shows delivered for whatever reason, it should be there tomorrow. And sure enough, every single time, hey, thanks so much, Rolando. I mean, it makes me look good. They're like, hey, you really know what you're talking about. Appreciate it. It was in the mailbox, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, just be aware of that. You might be stressing. Uh, sometimes you're quick to give that refund. Don't give that refund. If it shows delivered, your part is done. Uh, but give it a day or two. Let the buyer know that, hey, it's a busy holiday season. Uh, sometimes, you know, the post office accidentally believes they dropped something off, but they're not going to do it till the next day. And so be patient on that one. Now, this other story kind of made me upset, but it, I also I'm glad I read it so I could share it with our, our listeners. And and my friend is probably listening. So uh, one of my good friends from college, I've mentioned him before. He was uh, the original eBay guy I knew. He was listed on eBay in 1999 when we were in college. He was killing it. Well, his sons now, right? His sons uh, do the same, uh, but there's been doing local deals. And, you know, local deals can can always be kind of sketch, right? I mean, I just recently sold a, a loft bed that I, I finally decided to get rid of. Uh, and luckily, I'm in wherever we meet is in a very public place. Um, you know, the, the police are always there. Uh, and so I never stress about it. Like if somebody I mean, listen, I'm not going to be chasing anybody down. But I don't need to. All I have to go is I have to pull like the Home Alone guy, the guy that tried to get Kevin for stealing a toothbrush, like officer. And then, you know, somebody will be right there and take care of business. Well, my good friend, uh, his son has been selling stuff locally and he had a he had a sweater that he sold on at Facebook Marketplace. And the couple pulled up to the house. My buddy's in his living room watching the interaction, you know, go. Hey, and his son he's a teenager. He's not like too small that he needs help. Like he can go out there and he's watching this from his living room window. I, I believe I can't remember what room he was in. And he goes out there. It's like a $200. I don't know if it was a vintage sweater or if it was, you know, streetwear, whatever it was. The car pulls up, you know, the exchange of money is going to happen. The lady in the passenger just snatches the sweater. The guy guns it, takes off. And I'm, I'm like, man, like, like the, the audacity, the boldness, because my buddy is ripped. My buddy could destroy these people. Like he, he could like, he could have run out. You know, if he had the time, he would have gotten out there and it would have been over. But, you know, this poor kid's, you know, his whole worldview is crushed now, right? Like, you know, you've been reselling this whole time and somebody does something really bad. And this can happen to any of us. Like if we're not careful when we do these local deals, like I, I know somebody who had a laptop that was the guy just basically said, hey, I have a gun in this bag. You're either going to give me this laptop or we're going to, you know, I'm going to take it out. And my buddy was like, ah, you can have the laptop. It's not worth it to me. Right. And did the guy have a laptop? I mean, did he have a gun on him or not? No. And by the way, we're in we're in California. OK, so if people saying, hey, you should do concealed carriers should carry on you. OK, we can't do that here. OK, right. you're uh, in California. Let's get that I'm straight. in California. <laughs> Mike's probably carrying right now. So <laughs> anyways, um, just always make sure when you're making these local deals, like now the beauty of OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace, like you can see people's feedback. Right. You can determine whether you actually even want to go out there. If you go and you see the person and you don't feel like it's a safe uh, interaction that's going to happen, like walk away. That happened to me uh, last year. I was going to buy something, I was sourcing something, and it was in downtown San Diego. If you guys don't know, downtown San Diego is like Mad Max, um, like 
fires are everywhere. There's, you know, a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of transient population. And I remember I saw the item and the guy was holding it. I don't know if the thing was, I, I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions about the guy, but to me, I was with my, you know, my kid uh, and I just didn't feel safe. Getting out. And, you know, look at me. I, I don't look like the kind of guy. I look like the guy that's going to steal from somebody, not the guy that's going to get stolen from. Okay. Just saying, but I didn't feel safe. And you know what? I saw the guy, we made eye contact and I just kept driving. And uh, the guy blew up my offer up. He, he called me all kinds of names, expletives. Uh, I blocked them. And then he found other items I was selling on offer up, started cussing me out through that venue. But you just, you never know. And I'm glad I didn't make that deal. I'm glad I didn't make that deal. Cause if I made that deal, who knows that box could have been empty. That box could have been stolen. Who, who knows? Right. Somebody who's unhinged like that. I'm better off not making that deal. So, so, you know, just a warning, especially in the holidays right now, like, you know, especially in places like California. And this was in the Midwest, by the way, this wasn't in California. Okay. But, um, you always got to make sure, you know, check out the profile. I, I suggest if you could make it non-cash and I know a lot of people are like, well, I like the cash. Cause you know, whatever reason you like the cash, uh, you know, it's better if it's non-cash cause that, 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 you know, eliminates a lot of it. Uh, I would not, um, hand over anything unless you are aware of what's going on. You know, if it, if it's too dark or if there's, if you're outnumbered, whatever, I know it sounds like a, a PSA, but man, it just hit me when that happened. Cause that could happen to anybody. I mean, I make local deals all the time and I don't think twice about it cause I've done it so many times and, but you know, you just get the one person and, and you could be in a whole lot of trouble. So that's, that's a pure also PSA for this episode. Nice. All right. Be safe. Be safe out there. <laughs> be safe out there. Uh, hey, and one way you could be safe too is you can always uh, hit us up on the discord, right? If you're like, Hey, I'm making this local deal. What are you guys thoughts? Sometimes it helps to do that. Right. And so if you haven't yet, uh, you can join our Discord by helping us out on the Patreon. It's a bonus. Uh, you're not paying for the Discord, but you're paying, uh, you're, you're paying up on the, on the Patreon to support the podcast, allows us to get the equipment that we need, uh, allows us to pay for the server. I mean, it's interesting because all our fees on different things will keep going up. Uh, and I'm pretty sure on the podcast side, they're going to keep going up. Uh, now when you stream yard too, that's another fee. I mean, Adobe, like, it's not like we just randomly have these cameras that if we don't do this on our iPhones, okay, and, and just drop these episodes. So all your help up, uh, really is is appreciated. So five fifty five a month, you can sign up for our Patreon. Uh, go to the link below or go to uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, also, you can find us on all social media. We are Pure Hustle Podcast everywhere except on X. On X, we are Pure Hustle Cast. And as always, give us a call if you want, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170, or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to the podcast and you haven't checked us out on YouTube, jump on over. I would love to be at 10K by the end of the year. I know I'm thinking big, uh, but, you know, if everyone who listens to the podcast just went over and just subscribed, we'd be way over 10K easy overnight. So if you could do that for us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And uh, last of all, thank you to all of you that leave iTunes reviews. Even those of you that think I talk too much. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Uh, and uh, I try not to interrupt Mike, but it's just the way it is. So thank you to all of you and uh, really grateful for all the reviews uh, on there. Even the ones that I disagree with are right, ready to get on a happy topic here. Oh no, we yes. got news topics, which yeah. 
Mm. That, that hopefully that's happy. We will see. <laughs> we have the district app. Video game market has collapsed, and a billion-dollar counterfeit seizure. All of this and more on Reseller News. All right. So before I start, this I want to hear Mike. So, so Mike, how long do you give eBay until eBay has a as a, I know you're you're the guru, okay? You know everything, okay? I know everything. Everything. How long do you give eBay until eBay finally has a competitor that's going to put them in trouble? Or do you think that's already happened? I think it's already happened. Like I think I think it's like I said. I think companies are taking vertical slices out of eBay. I think eBay has got the horizontal game. They they cover tons of categories, and I think all these little companies come in and just take out little little slivers of what eBay is, and they do that sliver better. They're gonna, and that's why eBay does things like buys, you know, TCG, right? Like they buy, mm. they buy other companies because they're trying to get those slivers back. And so, I don't know, maybe, maybe if eBay buys all these other platforms, but I, in my opinion, I think, uh, I think it's going to continue to happen that way. Niche companies are going to come up, and they're going to get really big in an area that's going to just take more and more market from eBay. So, what is eBay going to have to do? raise fees more they're going to have to change things and then sellers are going to be tired there they're going to go somewhere else and so i think i think it's a it's a potential downward spiral unless ebay can you know fix it but you know without being doom and gloom that's my thought what about you oh i i think ebay is driving the ball like like crazy right now and i think it's because of unfulfilled promises so uh one of them was i remember i talked about this a year ago maybe it's been a year maybe six months how Craigslist Hunter, Pete, you know, good friend of the podcast, our very first interview on the podcast. Uh, he had he had dropped a, a episode on his uh, YouTube channel about how he was so excited. eBay reached out to him. They're going to do eBay auctions. You know, it's going to be a great opportunity for us all. And he was talking about it and how it was going to be amazing. And I, I remember at the time going like, well, I really hope eBay starts allowing sellers to do these auctions because Right now, whatnot is keeps eating the marketplace. Like they keep growing and growing. They're getting celebrities on there. You know, they, you know, they they just keep expanding. I mean, I don't think there's one single YouTube reseller that is not doing whatnot or has not done whatnot. Like we've done whatnot, we've done our share of whatnot. And so I'm like, wow, this is gonna be really cool. Well. Nothing came out of it. And it's not because of P. It's just because I guess eBay really didn't move forward with it. I don't know what happened. And so uh, two weeks ago, uh, Pete dropped another video and he's talking about, hey, you should come sell on my platform, CraigslistCenter.net. And, and I was like, what? Like, Pete went and like, created a platform? Like, that's pretty cool. And so, you know, after watching the video, I understood what happened. So what's taking place is there's a new competitor out there called District. And District is a new app. And what District has done, and they're doing really well, is I think they've reached out to big influencers. And they said, hey, why don't you create a platform under your name and you have sellers under you? So, for example, uh, sounds uh, like a pyramid scheme. I mean, I don't know, but that's what it sounds like, right? Like, no, but, I would never, it, Pete would never be a pyramid scheme, but I'm just saying that's what it sounded like when you yeah, said yeah. sellers will be under you. No, no, no. But like crazy, is it, is their name crazy lamp lady? Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it lamp lady? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to call her crazy if that's not what her name is. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I think it is, but maybe okay, not. Okay. All right. Okay. But she also had a video 
that said, you know, um, I'm I'm moving away from eBay. So I watched that. I'm like, what? Like, why are these people leaving? The, like, is there something I'm missing? Sure enough, she has her own like district uh, store uh, that people are under. So like right now, I go to Pete's store, and if you if you type in Craigslist, I'm giving them free promo here. If you go to CraigslistHunter.net, it'll take you to a website and. You know, uh, Pete has a welcome video and he has an about and he has 326 sellers uh, under him and 1,280 members. And I'm like, wow, like, here we go. Like another platform that is taken away from eBay's marketplace. And on this platform, you know, it's not perfect, right? They have a lot to work through, you know, dealing with returns, international shipping, like, you know, seller protections, all that stuff, right? Um, They're not where eBay's at. But again, it's another place that people are now going to go sell. It's another place that people are going to go buy. And I, I really wonder if eBay had done this auction thing with P and maybe they had, and I missed it, but if they had done this and they had pushed this and they had, you know, opened up auction selling to sellers. I, I don't know if that would have been the case, right? I don't know. But now you have another platform and they've done a, you know, a great job they've they've opened it up and so what happens is you know people buy into a name they trust the name right and based on who that name is people can now apply say hey can i sell in your store and or or your company or whatever it's called right so for example uh right now i think i just searched crazy lamp lady and it's a store called knickknacks and there's 9.2 members i don't know if this is her store uh, there's a lot of knickknacks, but again, I, I, I will, I will strongly encourage eBay, like whatever promises you've made, you got to fulfill them. Like you got to come through, uh, and, uh, you know, district, I don't think district, the other side of it is, I don't think district is going to be the answer to slow sales. Like I hear a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to go sell on Macari. I'm going to go sell on Poshmark, you know, more eyes on an item. I think it's the same eyes. If people are looking for a thing, they're going to Google it or they're going to go on eBay uh, and then maybe I don't know. You I disagree mean, with I mean, me. Again, it, it, I think it depends on the item in the market you're in, right? Like there's okay, certain okay. things that people, there are people who are on Etsy that will never be on eBay mm, or okay. people who are on Poshmark who will never be on eBay, right? Like, so I just think it just depends on the market you're in. Yeah. If you're in like collectible, like if you're selling collectible toys, sure. People are going to be on every single thing they can be on. But there's like a whole group of, you know, there's whole demographics that that they're into their app for their thing because of whatever reason. And eBay is just not it's not it. Right. Like, I mean, I still I can't tell you how many times I tell people that I'm a reseller or that I do the podcast and they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I saw an eBay. They're like, oh, eBay, that's still a thing. Like, I know because you're in eBay because you like sell on eBay, like you see it as such a big thing. But just in the average everyday person eBay was this thing that was popular for a while or not every person is on eBay like they are on Amazon. But a lot of those people are like, yeah, I mean, I I, I do a you know, thread up or I do. So there's some people who they're in their thing and they don't even know other things are, exist. So it, I wouldn't say it's always the same eyes, but um, in some in some markets, it might be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I see the other side, like everybody knows to go to eBay. Like when I'm on social media, people are always like, oh, I found his vintage shirt on ebay sometimes i'll hear depop sometimes i'll hear 
grilled, uh, you know, grilled or whatever. But again, the algorithm, right? The algorithm feeds you what you want to see. So that's not reliable either. But anyways, if you want to check out another platform to sell on, uh, I'm just going to give Pete that free promo, uh, you know, go on over. You can actually, you know, you got to get it. There's a whole approval process that people have to approve you, but you can auction stuff out. You can, you know, you can sell it like other platforms. Obviously, it's not going to have all the bells and whistles of eBay, but I think over time it's possible. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Now, this other one I, I thought was cool. So, well, not cool if you're selling video games, but the video game market has collapsed. It's not what it used to be. Um, there's a YouTuber, Carl Jobs. Uh, he first had had talked about how the the video game market was scamming. Remember, we did a reaction video. I don't know if you remember that. How? No, we did. Yeah. Remember how like the owners were like bidding up their own items or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's exactly how it was. So don't don't come at us with the letter, okay? Um, it was just basically people uh, were possibly show bidding was what people were suggesting. And so, well, now this let me give you some crazy numbers according to this video. So the first Madden football on Genesis, okay. When you know during the height of everything, right? Like 2020, 2021, sold that auction for four hundred eighty thousand dollars. How much do you think it sold? For, the last one sold for, like graded, same grading, brand new, sealed. Just give a know, number. Less, less than half of that. <laughs> yeah. Try uh, like twenty one thousand. Ooh, four hundred eighty k to twenty one k. But I don't even. That's what is that? That's uh that's less than 10%. That's like it's like 5%. Yeah. Like that's, that's a big that's drop. Bad. That's bad. Okay. Mario Kart 64. Okay. From 144k to 36k. Right? Do you remember we had a hustle of the week here uh, where somebody had found a Mario 64 sealed and they sold it for 15,000. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. that. that I do, yeah. That, that was like a while back. So think about that. Like, had that person held on to that, because he got a lot of flag for selling it, for not getting it graded, but maybe he made the best call. Yeah. Right? For well, that's that the hard part, too, is, like, it was, well, what's the story of, like, the flower, right? That, like, that that what? famous, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, the, the, tulips? the story of... Tulips yeah, in the Middle always, Ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like things like that happen. You get these bubbles. These people get, you know, they, they start selling things, and... I mean, it's the same thing. NFTs. Do you remember NFTs? Uh, they were scams. Right? They were like, money laundering scams. But like that was like a thing people yeah, were thinking. We almost they were made make one. We almost made one. Yeah. So um, it's one of those things where things are going to go up. They're going to go down. When there's hype on something, you want to jump on that when you can. Uh, but there's no intrinsic value there. There's still no intrinsic value on a lot of those things. Now, what you could say is it's one of a kind. Uh, and if it's one of a kind and it's sought after, sure, there's going to be somebody who wants it for that amount. I mean, in fact, uh, on our Discord, some of the the people on our Discord were talking about the uh, the Magic the Gathering one ring that was found, I think, in Canada. And that oh, was that's a trip, right? right? So the Post so, Malone, right? Yeah. So okay. so Magic the Gathering, um, every so often they'll like um, they'll do a cross with another uh, another brand or another something like they did one for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and recently they did one with Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings has a huge cult following. Uh, and they, I, I don't know if they did a good job on the, I didn't play the, the magic the gathering Lord of the Rings series. I haven't played magic in years now, uh, but it was cool. Like they had Tom Bombadil cards, like Tom Bombadil is probably one of my favorite characters in literature. Um, so I was like, man, I should buy a Tom Bombadil card, even to use it as a, as a bookmark or something. But they, 
when they release these boxes of boosters, which is already a chase, right? Like because people people will buy boxes of boosters looking for like the super rare cards that can be used in in like the uh, the standard or the legacy formats. And then um, they'll sell those if they get them. And then basically the rest of the cards basically become like chaff cards or become filler cards that they just yeah. lot up in, in big bundles and sell it for pennies. Like they, they're not making any money on those. You can buy, I can buy four of every common and uncommon of a set for like 30 bucks. And we're talking thousands of cards. So you're not making a lot of money on those. So people do that anyways. They buy big boxes and they're hoping to get a few rare cards. They made one of all of the cards they printed. They made one ring, the one ring. Right. So that was a pretty cool thing. Not just like, hey, this is a rare card. There's only like a thousand of them made or 10,000 of them made. It's like there's one of these. And so yeah. I could see the people who are hardcore magic fans. And again, it is it's one of those things that people are really, really into. Sure. Those things are going to make the waves. Um, what a cool thing. Right. Like and then to, if you were the one that found that and then sold it and to know like Post Malone got it and it must be a magic. Oh, in fact, I know he's a magic fan. I've seen some videos of him talking about Magic the Othering. So. Yeah, that's cool. But again, yeah, there's really no intrinsic value on those things. Like, okay, if you were to say like, okay, well, Mario Kart 64, it's got the this and that. I can get an emulator and play Mario Kart 64 on a on a $10 emulator on my computer right now. Like if it was just like, I want to play this game. Yeah. So it's not that the thing has any value other than people want it. So the problem is the want is going to go up and down. And that's what's going to drive that price. And so, yeah, yeah I'm not I surprised. No, I know, I know. And I see opportunity in this, right? I mean, for example, one of them, Pokey Park Wii, 22K to $600. Yeah, it's crazy. And so right now, I've been out, I've been, <laughs> I've been offering Orlando deals for things and uh, I haven't had many takers. But I'm telling you, like right now, if the market does crash, it's going to be the time to buy, right? And because I'm pretty sure new and sealed stuff is, is going to sell for good money when things rebound. Right. Even the boxes, even so on. So so keep an eye out, um, but be careful. Uh, I will say, you know, for example, one of the things I never pick up are Wii's. Nintendo Wii's like they're, they're, it's it, like you'll, people are still trying to get 10 or 20 bucks and they only sell for like thirty dollars. Right. Maybe you'll get 50. Right. So be careful out there. Uh, you know, it's not the way it used to be like a year or two ago. All right. So this next one uh, was kind of kind of crazy here. So. Now, this is from the Department of Justice. Uh, largest ever counterfeit goods seizure results in trafficking charges against two individuals. Um, uh, the United States uh, District Attorney announced the seizures of approximately 219,000 counterfeit bags, clothes, shoes, and other luxury products with the total estimated manufacturer suggested retail price of approximately $1 billion. All right. And they found these in warehouses in New York. The funny thing is at the bottom, they put a side note to put the street value of counterfeit goods typically significantly lower than the MSRP. It's like, well, yeah, because people are trying to like fence stuff and they can't get full retail because uh, they have to sell in the secondary market. But uh, I saw this and I'm like, this is another reason I don't try to get high end brands. Right. It, it, some counterfeits are so good. Um, so good. And the other side of it is some people don't care if they get counterfeit goods. If they're like, Hey, I can get, you know, a bag that's worth a thousand for 500 and it's fake. And I know it's fake, but it looks just like the real one. Like I'll get it, but that's a dangerous game because what happens, the market gets flooded with those because people are buying and selling. And so I was like, all right, I'm glad eBay has their authenticity guarantee, which I'm, I, you know, at times 
it works against us. But on the other side, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sticking to like vintage goods, things that are, aren't like high end, you know, not Chanel, not Louis Vuitton, just pretty crazy. And you know, listen, it says 1 billion in goods. The reality is those goods are probably worth like a hundred thousand because they're all fake, you know? Yep. So True. any, any, any thoughts on that seizure? Yeah, stuff happens, man. I don't got anything new to add there. Stuff happens. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, stuff that does happen. So I don't know if you can see. Can you see this like line over here on my head? You probably can't see it, but I I look like I've been in a knife fight and like somebody like slashed my head. And, oh, and you know no. why that happened? You didn't use your skull shaver. What's wrong with you? Well, it wasn't why, charged. Why? You know how long the skull shaver takes to charge. If you need to jump in the shower, you plug it in, you jump in the shower, you get out, and it's already like 30 or 40%, man. Come I know, on. I know. And you could like use it in the car when you're driving to get to I know. That's right. But I was like lazy and I didn't, you know, I misplaced the charging cord. So I grabbed a razor and things went down. So you got to be careful. So here, here's our admonition to you. You know, it's a great Christmas gift. Skull shaver is why, now, now this is skull shaver right here, okay? Uh, skull shivers keep us looking, I think, smooth, keep us looking good. And uh, if you want to give the ability for someone else to have a handsome looking head like this, go to Skull Shaver and use our code HUSTLE and you'll get a discount. Go to the link below uh, and use our code HUSTLE and you'll definitely be able to get that gift for someone else or for yourself. So you don't have to look you know, like a head that's been scarred by the use of razors. Good, good, good idea. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, what is what is? Oh, we got our exciting segment here. Oh uh, yeah, man. We need to we need to fly through this one. Bolo, 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 bolo. bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah, bolo. All right. So mine. Uh, I've talked about disc golf discs before, um, mm-hmm. and I think Orlando, you actually were able to pick some up and, and did pretty well on those. I, I believe you had mentioned. So, um, and I, I'll yeah. never forget. I'll never forget the the huge score I missed. I just waited too long to to jump on it because it was like I would have to spend a few hundred bucks and I should have done it. But anyways, I never, I guess, really realized because I bought a disc golf bag years ago mm-hmm. and it was just an inexpensive like $20 bag. It fits like 15 discs in it. It's all I need. But, you know, I, I, when I'm out and about with some of my friends who are more serious, they have like nicer bags. They have carts and stuff. And I have a friend of mine who like just recently bought on uh, locally one of the ones that's like a cart bag. And we're still talking like well over a hundred bucks. He's buying locally on this. And I'm like, man. And so then I started looking. He's like, yeah, but I'm selling my old bag. And, and I'm starting to look at some of these things. And and with a sport like disc golf, it's one of those things where people are, um, because the the discs themselves, it's kind of like golf, but even more so. Uh, there's a like, almost like that tech uh, chase aspect of it where you're getting new gear all the time. Yeah. And so people are constantly getting new discs. They're trying new discs discs get worn out they buy new discs they lose discs and so there's a buy more and get better stuff and so people are constantly upgrading things like their bags their disc disc golf bags and so you could potentially score some disc disc golf bags at a decent price if you're willing to to keep an eye out for them on whether it's locally or maybe at some garage sales and the resale value on them is shockingly high right especially if you do local i haven't really spent a lot of time looking at uh on ebay but i'm assuming if they go for what they potentially can go for locally that the eBay sales are, 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 are relatively high as well. So it's not just the discs, but the bags can do well too. 
Yeah, no, no I, I agree. I mean, I, every time I pick up discs, I'll pick up the bags too because people just want to carry. And sometimes, bag, you know, people want to pay less than retail and they're willing to buy them. So, uh, so mine is interesting. I, you know, when we when we think of Legos, uh, sometimes we think of like the sets or we think of the trending sets. You know, there's also that Bubba Fett that's worth like three thousand dollars if you can find it. Uh, but there's a lot of Lego minifigures that sell for good money that you would easily discard or, or you would end up selling in a lot. And listen, with Google Images, you should always run the minifigure through a Google image because you never know. So I ended up picking up a whole bunch of Legos. Uh, and I find that Legos that are bigger, like minifigures that are big minifigures, you should always look those up. Um, I just recently sold one that was missing pieces. And I paid $20 for the slot. I sold that one for 40 bucks. Okay. And that's with missing pieces. Okay. Um, I sold, uh, if you get vintage Star Wars Legos, okay, they may not be, you know, Chewbacca or Luke Skywalker, but they could be like those super unique ones uh, that people are looking for. Like those, those could be worth money. So I just recently sold, actually, I sold two of them. One didn't sell for as much. Uh, one ended up selling for 11 bucks. That was a uh, Greedo. I sold a Greedo. Uh, but I also ended up selling, Another one, let me, I'm trying to pull up the name of it. Uh, and it ended up selling for $27. And you're like, oh, that's not a lot of money. But if you have a whole bag of minifigures and they're all selling for like 20 bucks a piece, like you could end up having a hustle a week. Uh, another one I sold was a Lego Star Wars Ayla Sakura. I don't know. Um, and I, I just one of those things where I almost lauded up all these Legos and sold them as a lot. But I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me see if I can run these through Google. And I was like, what? This one goes for 40. This goes for 30. This goes for 20. And sure enough, I ended up, you know, selling them individually and they're easy to ship. Right. doesn't take much. I just put it in a bubble poly mailer that I have and it's good to go. So keep an eye out, you know, for Lego minifigures, uh, especially vintage ones. Um, and the ones that are to me that are easy to go, like there's no value are the ones just that just look like a generic minifigure. Right. Like the construction guys or the Lego city guys. Like those aren't worth, but if they're like tied to Star Wars, uh, that's the main one. If they're tied to some kind of franchise, it's always worth looking up because you never know. People maybe are trying to complete their set. Okay. All right. Hey, so uh, what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing sales continue to rise before uh, before we hit Christmas. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully it's a good sign. Um, I would hate for my earlier prediction to be correct and for us to have kind of seen the bubble and, yeah. and then sales to drop. But um, either way uh, I'm looking forward to some more sales. And then honestly, a little bit of a break, right? Christmas time's coming. I know Q4 is always one of the busiest time for us as resellers. So whether you are part-time and kind of take your break during the Christmas season, or if you're full-time and you kind of take it during that January uh, season, I'm kind of looking forward to wrapping up this year. 2023 was a little bit intense. And mm -hmm. I think hopefully going into 2024 with uh, more realistic expectations uh, might be might be beneficial. What about you? Yeah, yeah it's kind of the same. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to some good sales for the next three weeks. I'm kind of on the other side. I do think sales are going to be higher uh, for people that sell secondary and goods. And usually I've been saying that for months. I hope I'm right. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, I, I do think it all depends on what you're selling. Uh, I will say that right now in my inventory, I still have some of the same old, same old stuff, but I have a lot of more unique pieces. I have 
you know, tickets to college ch- championship games. I have uh, pieces of art that I've picked up. Uh, I have, you know, all this stuff that normally would not be in my inventory that in the last few months I've been, able, excuse me, been able to pick up. And so I'm hoping for those high dollar ticket sales. Uh, and I'm also looking to uh, just listing inventory that has been sitting around for two or three months and just moving all that through and seeing uh, what I can do with those. You know, for example, I have 42 Swatch watches, a vintage one that I bought from Flip For More. It was one of his hustle of the week. And I still haven't put batteries in it because I haven't had a time to go visit my family in San Francisco. So I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that here soon. Uh, maybe it'll be in the you know, end of the year, but uh, I'm just kind of excited about the opportunities. I, I have found a, a bunch of 1960s uh, black light posters that I never listed. Unfortunately, I tore one of them while uh, listing them. I probably lost a hundred bucks, but, uh, you know, that that's on me. I should have listed them right away. And so I'm looking forward to going through all the stuff that I've sourced. And and again, you know, who knows, who knows what will happen garage sales in December. Uh, I do remember I had some pretty good hauls last year. I know that sounds weird for people in the Midwest, but there were some decent hauls last year in December for me in garage sales. So, Hey, hope everyone's doing well. Hope so. They're coming through. Listen, just keep doing right. Keep listening keep uh, shipping on time source those quality products it's q4 if there's ever a time to sell goods it's now and with that being said make sure to be real be relevant and be reselling peace peace Are you the proprietor of a business selling shaving kits, meal packs, audiobooks, or anything else of the sort? Have you failed to tap the market of people who love hearing their favorite comedians talk about their boring lives? What's wrong with you? 57% of U.S. consumers listen to podcasts every month. That's a lot of ears that could be hearing about your brand. Go to podbean.com brands to learn how it do. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands, and you could be the one talking instead of me.